Welcome to Inside Pediatrics, a podcast brought to you by Children's Hospital of Alabama in Birmingham. I'm Tiffany Kazaroski, and our guest today is Dr. Gregory Friedman. He's a pediatric neuro-oncologist at Children's, an associate professor of pediatrics at UAB, the University of Alabama at Birmingham, and an associate scientist at UAB's Comprehensive Cancer Center. Welcome, Dr. Friedman. Thank you for having me today. So today we're talking about a clinical trial or study that you're leading using a treatment called oncolytic virotherapy, and it's basically able to reduce the size of a malignant brain tumor in children, right? That's correct. Uh, What we're using, this is an emerging therapy where a virus is being used to target and kill a cancer cell, and so that's where the term viral therapy comes from, and oncolytic just means that it kills cancer cells. And what's unique about this therapy is not only is it a viral therapy, but it's also an immunotherapy uh, because when the virus infects and kills a cancer cell, what it's doing is it, it replicates when it gets inside the cell and then it can spread to nearby cells and, and kill those cells. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the virus stimulates the patient's immune system to come to the area because the immune system recognizes the virus is abnormal and not supposed to be there. Right. As the immune system comes in to remove the virus, it then can recognize the cancer cells and the cancer uh, debris that's there as abnormal. And so the immune system then can start to uh, target the cancer as well. So we consider that a one-two punch of the virus killing the cancer cell, but also the immune system. And so uh, we, we consider this an immunoviral therapy. You're using a specific virus, is that correct? Correct. The virus that we're using is a herpes simplex virus, which is a virus that typically causes cold sores, but the virus has been engineered to make it safe for normal cells. To explain to me a little bit about that and and why this is a safe procedure. What they were able to determine is that you can remove a specific gene that's responsible for the virus's uh, ability to harm a normal cell. Mm -hmm. And when you remove that gene, that didn't affect the ability of the virus to still get into the cancer cells and kill the cancer cells. You uh, enroll a patient for this clinical trial, for this study, and then what's involved when they get here? The first thing is they come in their screen where they have various labs uh, drawn as well as an MRI to uh, look at the tumor Mm -hmm. and to confirm that there is a safe route for getting a biopsy of the tumor. And then uh, they also would meet the rest of our team at that point, Dr. Johnston, with our neurosurgeon who's part of this study, mm-hmm. uh, meets the family and discusses what the surgical procedure would entail. Um, and once we determine that the child is indeed eligible, then uh, the typically the following day they would uh, go to the operating room and have a biopsy taken of the tumor to confirm that it's uh, there's actual tumor there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have our uh, pathologist, Dr. Rongley, who looks at it immediately while they're still in the operating room to make sure that there is tumor there. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, uh, once that's confirmed, then Dr. Johnson will place uh, catheters, small, thin catheters into the tumor, anywhere between one to four catheters. And then these catheters are 
externalized out of the skin and the scalp, mm-hmm. and the child recovers uh, after the surgery in, in the ICU like they would after any typical neurosurgical procedure. Uh, the next day, then we make sure that the catheters are in the correct location with the scan, and once that's confirmed, then uh, our pharmacy team mixes the virus at the appropriate concentration, and we infuse the virus over six hours uh, in, in the ICU. Once that's complete, then our neurosurgery team comes and removes the catheters at the bedside, and the patient is transferred to a floor bed, and over the next couple of days, we just monitor them in the hospital, and mm-hmm. then we uh, see them at seven days after and 14 days after, a month after, and then every couple of months after okay. that. And so it's a little more involved up front uh, with the uh, the surgical procedure, but uh, after that, then these children don't need any additional chemotherapy or radiation or other types mm-hmm. of therapy. Uh, and, and, you know, we hope that we get a nice effect from the virus and that uh, that they won't need any additional therapies for as you know as right. long as possible. You're also measuring the patient's quality of life essentially after this procedure and while that virus is working to attack the the cancer cells, right? Correct. So, you know, the 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 primary purpose of a study like this, which is called a phase one study, is looking at safety and tolerability um, to make sure that this approach is safe in children. Mm-hmm. We are looking also at efficacy, which is also important to make sure that we're seeing it, responses in, uh, in, in patients. And then we improve survival so that we would get responses and that mm-hmm. um, they wouldn't need other types of therapies. Also, we just improve their overall quality of life. And so Dr. Avi Madden-Swain, who's a neuropsychologist in, in our group, uh, meets with the families and the patients. We talked a little bit about the the history. You said that UAB has been studying uh, HSV for over 30 years, but really this is the only place in the world where a pediatric study such as yours and an adult study of HSV uh, is going on at the same time. Is that right? That's correct. So uh, on the adult side, we have a uh, what we call a second-generation virus or a newer virus that we uh, think based on studies in the lab may be even better than the virus that we're currently studying in children. And so that virus is going through clinical trial in adults while we are uh, advancing this virus to clinical trials in children. And so mm-hmm. uh, UAB and Children's of Alabama are the only places in the world that are, that are conducting this type of study. What are you seeing you know, just kind of describe what you're seeing that is that is exciting for, you know, the future of, of your cancer research. Um, the first thing we're seeing so far, and we're still, you know, fairly early in the study, um, we've treated five children so far, you know, excited to see that, that this type of approach is, um, is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we've also seen some evidence that the virus is, appears to be replicating and killing cancer cells, and we can see that based on MRI. Uh, and then we're also looking at, as I mentioned, quality of life, and we're seeing some improvements in functioning as well. We're excited about the early results 
Very good. And you have called these kids that you're working with and, and will work with as more enroll in the study. You call them pioneers. Explain to me that. This type of therapy and this type of approach of using these catheters indirectly into the tumor uh, has never been done before in children. And so they're pioneers in that they're paving the way for future children. I mean, we these children have uh, recurrent or progressive tumors that have many have received multiple therapies right. with short life expectancies. And so this is just the first step of this type of therapy where we uh, anticipate hopefully advancing this forward. Maybe we can move it to frontline therapies and combine this with other types of more conventional therapies, but maybe can sure. use lower doses of those types of therapies. So not only is it giving them hope in the, you know, in the short term, but in the long term, it's, it's giving hope to future kids who don't even know that they will develop a brain tumor. Correct. Yeah. And that, that's a lot of uh, pediatric oncology is like that, where mm -hmm. the research that's been done over the past 30 years and the, the children that have participated on clinical trials, those the breakthroughs from those have helped the next generation of children that develop cancer. So, un you know, unfortunately, not every new therapy or um, therapy that's tested is, helps uh, every child. But what we learn from that therapy, mm -hmm. uh, that makes a big impact in the future. Our goal is to uh, take what we learn and go back to the lab and improve the therapy, make it even better, then go back to the patients and come up with new ways of giving the therapy, come up with novel combinations with the therapy so that we can help more children. If a physician out there, a pediatric oncologist out there, is uh, looking to maybe enroll a patient or, or thinks that your uh, clinical trial might be something that their patient could benefit from, how do they get in touch? There's information about the study on uh, clinicaltrials.gov, and they just have to do a search for G207, which is the name of the virus that we're using, and they can find a bunch of information about the study as well as contact information there. Mm -hmm. They also can call us uh, at our office, which is 205-638-9285. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Friedman, and good luck with your study and with the clinical trials. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Inside Pediatrics. More podcasts like this one can be found at childrensal.org forward slash inside pediatrics.